Chapter twenty eight of Nobody's Man by E. Phillips Oppenheim. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter twenty eight. Tallente had the surprise of his life when he was shown into Dartrey's little dining room. A late breakfast was still upon the table, and Nora was seated behind the coffee pot. She took prompt pity upon his embarrassment. You surprised our secret, she exclaimed, but anyhow stephen was going to tell you to-day we were married the day before yesterday that is why i played truant dartrey put in although we only went as far as tunbridge wells tallente held up a hand to each for a moment the tragedy in his own life was forgotten i can't wish you happiness because you have found it he said wise and wonderful people let me see if your coffee is what i should expect nora he went on to tell you the truth I have had rather a disturbed breakfast. So have we, Dartrey observed. You mean the Leeds figures, of course. Tallente shook his head. I haven't even opened a newspaper. Horlock went down himself yesterday to speak for his candidate. Our man is in by 5,700 votes. Amazing, Tallente murmured. It is the greatest reversal of figures in political history, Dartrey declared listen tallente i was quite prepared to go the session as you know but horlock's had enough he is asking for a vote of confidence on tuesday he'll lose by at least sixty votes and then we can't put it off any longer we shall have to take office i shall be sent for as the nominal leader of the party and i shall pass the summons on to you here is a list of names some of them we ought to see unofficially at once tallente looked down the slip of paper he came to a dead stop with his finger upon miller's name i know dartrey said sympathetically but tallente you must remember that men are not made all in the same mould and miller is the link between us and a great many of the most earnest disciples of our faith in politics a man has sometimes to be accepted not so much for what he is as for the power which he represents has he agreed to serve under me tallente inquired we have never directly discussed the subject dartrey replied he posed rather as the ambassador when we came to you at martinhoe but as a matter of fact if it interests you to know it he was strongly opposed to my invitation to you i am expecting him here every moment in fact he telephoned that he was on the way an hour ago miller arrived a few minutes later with the air of one already cultivating an official gravity he was dressed in his own conception of mourning clothes which fitted him nowhere linen which confessed to a former day's service and a brown homburg hat it was noticeable that whilst he was almost fulsome in his congratulations to nora and over cordial to dartrey he scarcely glanced at tallente and confined himself to a nod by way of greeting couldn't believe it when you told me over the telephone he said i congratulate you both heartily what about Leeds, Dartrey? Splendid. It's the end, I suppose. Absolutely. That is why I telephoned for you. Horlock is quite resigned. I understand that they will send for me, but I wish to tell you, Miller, as I have just told Tallent, that I have finally made up my mind that it would not be in the best interests of our party for me to attempt to form a ministry myself. I am, therefore, passing the task on to Tallent, here is a list of what we propose. Miller clenched the sheet of paper. 
in his hand without glancing at it his tone was bellicose do i understand that talent is to be prime minister certainly you see i have put you down for the home office sergeant as chancellor of the exchequer saunderson i don't want to hear any more miller interrupted it's time we had this out i object to talent being placed at the head of the party and why dartrey asked coldly because he is a newcomer and has done nothing to earn such a position miller declared because he has come to us as an opportunist because there are others who have served the cause of the people for all the years of their life who have a better claim and because at heart mind you dartrey he isn't a people's man what do you mean by saying that i am not a people's man tallente demanded just what the words indicate was the almost fierce reply you're eton and oxford not board school and apprentice your brain brings you to the cause of the people not your heart you aren't one of us and never could be you're an aristocrat and before we knew where we were you'd be legislating for aristocrats you try and sneak them into your cabinet it's their atmosphere you've been brought up in it's with them you want to live that's what i meant when i say that you're not a people's man talent and i defy anyone to say that you are miller dartrey intervened earnestly you are expounding a case from the narrowest point of view you say that talent was born an aristocrat that may or may not be true but surely it makes his espousal of the people's cause all the more honest and convincing for you to say that he is not a people's man you who have heard his speeches in the house who have read his pamphlets who have followed as you must have followed his political career is sheer folly then i am content to remain a fool miller rejoined once and for all i decline to serve under talent and i warn you that if you put him forward if you go so far even as to give him a seat in the cabinet of the government it is your job to form you will disunite the party and bring calamity upon us have you any further reason for your attitude talent asked pointedly except those you have put forward miller met his questioner's earnest gaze defiantly i have he admitted state it now then please miller rose to his feet he became a little oratorical more than usually artificial i make my appeal to you dartrey he said you have put forward this man as your choice of a leader of the great democratic party the party which is to combine all branches of labor the party which is to stand for the people i charge him with having written in the last year of the war a scathing attack upon the greatest of british institutions the trades unions an article written from the extreme aristocratic standpoint an article which if published to-day and distributed broadcast amongst the miners and operatives of the north would result in a revolution if his name were persisted in i have read everything talent has ever written and i have never come across any such article dartrey declared promptly you have never come across it because it was never published miller continued and yet the fact remains that it was written and offered to the universal review it was actually in type and was only held back at the earnest request of the government because on the very day that it should have appeared an armistice was concluded between the railway men 
the miners and the war council and the government was terrified lest anything should happen to upset that armistice is this true tallente dartrey asked anxiously perfectly i admit the existence of the article and i admit that it was written with all the vigour i could command on the lines quoted by miller since however it was never published it can surely be treated as non-existent this is just what it cannot be miller declared the signed manuscript of that article is in the hands of those who would rather see it published than have talent prime minister blackmail the latter remarked quietly you can call it what you please was the sneering reply the facts are as i have stated them but what in the world could have induced you to to write such an article tallente dartrey demanded your attitude towards labour even when you were in the coalition cabinet was perfectly sound it was more than sound it was sympathetic tallente insisted that is why i worked myself into the state of indignation which induced me to write it i will not defend it it is sufficient to remind you both that when we were hard pressed when england really had her back to the wall when coal was the very blood of life to her a strike was declared in south wales and received the open sympathy of the faction with which this man miller here is associated miller has spoken plainly about me let him hear what i have to say about him he went down to south wales to visit these miners and he encouraged them in a course of action which if other industries had followed suit would have brought this country into slavery and disgrace and furthermore let me remind you of this dartrey it was miller's branch of the labour party who sent him to switzerland to confer with enemy socialists and for the last eighteen months of the war he practically lived under the espionage of our secret service a suspected traitor it's a lie miller fumed it is the truth and easily proved tallente retorted when peace came however miller's party altered their tactics and the hatchet was to have been buried my article was directed against the trades unions as they were at that time not as they are to-day and i still claim that if public opinion had not driven them into an arrangement with the government my article would have been published and would have done good to publish it now could answer no useful purpose its application is gone and the conditions which prompted its tone disappeared i am beginning to understand dartrey admitted tell me how did the manuscript ever leave your possession tallente i will tell you tallente replied pointing over at miller because that man paid palliser my secretary five thousand pounds out of his secret service money to obtain possession of it miller was plainly discomfited who told you that lie he faltered it's no lie it's the truth tallente rejoined you used five thousand pounds of secret service money to gratify a private spite that's false anyhow miller retorted i have no personal spite against you tallente i look upon you as a dangerous man in our party and if i have sought for means to remove you from it it has been not from personal feeling but for the good of the cause there stands your leader tallente continued did you consult him before you bribed my secretary and hawked about that article first to horlock and now to heaven knows whom it is the first i have heard of it dartrey said sternly just so 
it goes to prove what i have declared before that miller's attack upon me is a personal one and i deny it miller exclaimed fiercely i don't like you tallente i hate your class and distrust your presence in the ranks of the democratic party against your leadership i shall fight to a nail dartrey he went on you cannot give tallente supreme control over us you will only court disaster because that article will surely appear and the whole position will be made ridiculous i am strong enough that is to say those who are behind me will take my word on trust to wreck the position on thursday i can keep ninety labor men out of the lobby and the government will carry their vote of confidence in that case our coming into power may be delayed for years we shall lose the great opportunity of this century talent is your friend dartrey but the cause comes first i shall leave the decision with you miller took his departure with a smile of evil triumph upon his thin lips he had his moment of discomfiture however when dartrey coldly ignored his extended hand the two men left behind heard the door slam this is the devil of a business talent dartrey said grimly End of chapter twenty eight